You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay, so for such a time as this is what we are still looking at and we just want to, you know, do a bit of an overview and see if we can close and then move on to some things. We said we behold heaven. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, there is a joy that is set before us. Our best life is not now. Anywhere you see that, you know, caption or whatever, live your best life now, put a question mark. Okay, it's very dangerous. Your best, the best life of the Christian, except he's not following Jesus. Praise the Lord. We are all little Jesuses. Am I right? Where is Jesus' best life? Was it when he was on earth? No, it wasn't when he was on earth. It was the joy that was set before him, okay? And the Apostle Paul says, I press toward the goal. Okay, so we said we must behold heaven above all. And then we said we have to be men and women of courage. Okay? Men and women of courage. You read Joshua chapter 1 and you wonder what is going on here. Only be thou courageous. Be very strong. Be courageous. Be very strong. Who is speaking to him is God. Because, see, when God is done, it's still you that is going to enter the, it's like uh, the coach. Uh, we also learned about the coach, you know, um, last Wednesday, Pastor New Ministry. And when he was saying that, which we're going to get into, I, I said the difference and what happens with the coach and the player, or the coach and the athlete, is that the athlete knows that when he gets to the real thing, the coach won't be there with you. So if he tells you to do something and you don't do it, it's not him you're doing. You know the challenge we have as Christians and as, you know, people of God and as workers in the house of God and, you know, just even children to our parents is that when our parents give us advice, we think it's for them. That's why the coach can say we train 5 a.m. and the person will get there 4.30 because the victory is still the athletes. It's not the coach that is going to win. Praise the Lord. So it's the same thing. When the boxer enters the bout, the coach does not receive any punch. Do you understand? So you, you, the, the athlete is wise to know that I'm the one in this competition. This man is only helping me. Praise the Lord. And once we get that attitude, it's going to make a lot of difference that everything that they're doing here is for my good. And that's one of the lies the enemy tells. He says, I'm doing this for the pastor. I'm doing this for my HOD. I'm doing this for the church. You don't do anything for the church. Anything you do, the Bible says, as the earth remains, what? Seed time and harvest shall not cease. What you sow, you sow for yourself. Let me tell you, you might be sowing something here you think is church. You will reap it in your organization. You will reap it in your business. You sow dedication here. You will be amazed how angels, how strangers will be dedicated in your office. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a spiritual principle. Whatsoever a man sows, not wherever. Some people are lousy in the house of God and are diligent in their own business. The Bible says you end to put in a pocket with holes. You're wondering what is going on in my business. How can you? The Bible says if you're faithful in least, you'll be faithful in much. If you're unfaithful in least, you'll be unfaithful in much. If you're faithful in the kingdom work, you'll be faithful in your own private work. Now, interpretation of faithfulness, you think you're the one determining it by how much you sweat. But the Bible says, unless the Lord builds, the laborer is one. So you can sweat in vain in your business if you're not being faithful. These are principles. Praise the Lord. The wise learn these things and they're afraid. That's why you see some people, they say, no, I don't want to get involved. Though, because I know, I think it was a sister piece that made a statement some time ago. She said, when Momichi said to her, join the choir, she had to go and check herself. Can I give this what it takes? And she had to make a choice to cut out a lot of places that she had been involved and then dedicate herself. And I think she's been a ded- dedicated member of the choir. Am I right? So it, it doesn't make sense. You put your name here, you put your name. This is not APC, PDP, SDP. That you're saying, if I lose the primary here, I win the one here. If I lose the primary here, some of us know what I'm talking about. You know, you're just being in line. So that any primary that gives you platform, you go with them. Praise the Lord. So whatsoever a man sows, he shall also what reap. 
how did I get it? Okay, we're talking of courage. So God says to Joshua, only be thou strong and very courageous. This is God speaking. I thought he would have said, Joshua, just go anyhow. I'm God. No. Because at the moment of decision, you are there on your own. Praise the Lord. You know how we want to help our children? How we want to help, you know, our words and do certain things. But truly, life is lived personally. When you're done teaching and shouting and begging all you do, you have to step back. God had to step back for Adam and Eve to live their lives. Like we learned, you know, from Pastor Baja. He said God was there when the serpent, God didn't go and drive the, it, was, it would have been so easy for God to drive the serpent away. But then he, they, they wouldn't be made in his image if he keeps making decisions for them. Okay, so we be men of courage. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. And then we said men and women of resolve. People who have decided whose side they are on. This is so interesting and this is so important. And we're going to go back to the text in Esther chapter 4. And we're going to see a few things from there and then we'll take it and pray. Men and women of resolve. You know, as I was preparing that for Sunday, which we were not able to touch on Sunday, the Lord ministered to me and said, took me to a scripture, First Samuel 14, Verse 6, a statement made by, um, made by Jonathan, Saul's son. He said the Lord is able to save, the last part of it. He said, maybe that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from what? Saving by many or by few. He said that is true. And we know from scripture that God does that, isn't it? He used Gideon and his 300 men to defeat the Midianites. Okay? So God can save. By many or by few. But you know what the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me? He said, but I cannot use a double-minded man. I have never, and I will never, I've never and I will never, I don't, I can't, I can use few. That's why I don't, I'm not bothered with numbers. If you give God 10 people, that have their minds made up, that are solid, that are unique. We learned that here, one whole number. If you multiply any number with a whole number, it can reduce. The minimum is that it remains the same. Multiply any number with a fraction, what happens? It reduces, no matter the number. So 7,000 over 10,000. Is it not thousands you're hearing? Multiply that by 100. What you have is less. Take 100 and multiply by 7. What do you have? 700. I'm better with 700 than giving me 7,000 with 10,000 divisions. That's what God is saying. I can't use people who are double-minded. And that's why if you look and go and read the principles of warfare, Deuteronomy 28, you can study it at home. If you go and read that passage, Deuteronomy 20 from verse, one to, uh, verse 8, it says, is anyone double-minded? I say, let him go. Let him go home. If you're going to war, you need as many people as possible, isn't it? That's natural principle, but spiritual principle. He says, is there any fearful? Is there any faint-hearted? He said, let him return. Why? That person is a fraction. He's going to reduce the total number. Let the heart of his brethren do what? Faint like his heart. That's the danger. It's the same thing that is applied in medicine. Why the doctor will cut off somebody's limb? Because it's better your whole body is preserved and they cut off a part that is creating problems. Praise the Lord. These principles, they apply across board. Okay, some of us who drink Gary, I remember those days you were drinking Gary and then all of a sudden, you know, one fly decides to just land. I know when they land in the Gary, they can't fly off again. What happens? They fly and some part of your Gary goes, isn't it? Even though some people might say this fly, you're looking for and join the fly to the protein that they're eating. Nobody will do that. Eh? Are you sure? You eat kilishi, have you? Have you gone to where they make kilishi? They don't quarrel with flies there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, so God says, I cannot use a double-minded man. 
But I can do with few. One person, I don't mind. Ten people, I don't mind. Fifty, I don't mind. But double-minded, no. Okay, so, so this evening we want to go on and, and we want to start from the story and, and see a few things that happened there in Extra chapter 4. And we'll pray. Extra chapter 4, I want to read from verse 1 of chapter 4 so we get the story. It says, when Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many laying sackcloth. Note here. He says, everywhere God in great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Verse 4. So Esther's mates and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Now notice what is happening here. When the decree from from Haman was signed and was read and was made public. Mordecai heard it just as well as the other Jews. And verse 1 says, he tore his clothes, okay, and put on sackcloth and ashes and went into the midst of the city, crying out, you know, with a bitter cry. And the Bible says, when Esther heard this, she was deeply distressed, okay, in verse 4. Now, what do you think was her distress here? Her distress was that Mordecai was wearing sackcloth. Her distress was that Mordecai was crying and was wearing sackcloth. How do I know that? Because the response in the same part B says what? Then she did what? Help me. She did what? She sent garments to clothe Mordecai. She was solving a problem that she perceived. I want this evening to quickly encourage us to get to the place of understanding. Praise the Lord. Of what? Understanding. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, uh, 5, 6, and 7. If you, if you can put it together for us, please. He said, get wisdom. Get understanding. He said, do not forget. Turn away from, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. 6. Do not forsake her and she'll preserve you. Love her and she'll keep you. 7 again. He says, wisdom is what? The principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, do what? Get understanding. Understanding is key. We see, we're, we're, we're awakening ourselves now that we're in a season of war. Praise the Lord. We're, we're getting ourselves, you know, to a place where we are preparing our minds and set our mentality to respond rightly. And we see what is happening here. They were in the same kingdom. They were all Jews. But when Esther heard what was happening, because she did not have understanding, she started solving the wrong problem. Praise the Lord. She started solving the wrong problem. And I, I don't want to talk about those who are relocating to Canada. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow you hear pastor is in Canada, but, you know, I don't have such plans at all. Praise the Lord. But, but what I'm trying to say is this. This war is global. Praise the Lord. This war is global. In the sense that you, you must have the attitude. We, you might need to live here to be safe from the, you know, Fulani kidnappers and all of that. But there is war everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. Especially those who are traveling with their children. You have to know how much you're going to guard those children. So that they don't go to school and come back one day and say, uh, and uh, 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 Shelly will say to daddy, daddy, I'm no longer Shelly. I'm now Samson the Strong. Do you get what I'm saying? There is war everywhere. The devil is operating everywhere. Just that he's fighting on different fronts. Okay? So Esther did not have understanding. So immediately when she heard Mordecai was on sackcloth, she said, ah, ah please uh, take from the royal treasure. Send him clothes. Unfortunately also, Mordecai was sensitive enough because I'm sure I want to believe that whatever clothing Mordecai had, the one Esther sent was better. Praise the Lord. Maybe he was wearing, you know, he might, might have been wearing, uh, what, what is it that he's wearing? You know, proudly made in Abba. 
And then they sent him, defended that Namdekano. We saw Namdekano where he could have wanted to upgrade. Okay? But something said to him, this is not a time for changing clothing. Okay? Sackcloth is what I need now. And then he sent a message and said to, to them, uh, um, okay, when he refused it, Esther sent a senior messenger, Hattak in verse 5, and sent him to Mordecai and find out what was happening. And in verse 7, the Bible says, Mordecai told uh, Esther's messenger all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. Verse 8, he also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given as Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and what? Explain it to her. That's why we come to church. That's why we read our Bible. To understand the real things that are happening. Not the surface. Praise the Lord. Every time you read the Bible. Every time you listen to inspired teaching. As little. Whether it's lunch hour fellowship. Whether it's a you know, meeting in your department. Anytime you do that. What is happening. Is that the spirit of the Lord is giving you interpretation of the times. Remember the final message is for you don't know whether you're in the kingdom world. For such a time as this. She didn't know. She didn't know. Without understanding, you behave the way you think you are behaving. The truth is this. If you want to change the way you behave, you know what you do? You change your understanding. That is why you see somebody now. Okay. Um, okay. Um, uh, incidentally, they're all seated on this side. You, or even on this side. Okay. You see somebody who likes pounded yam and a goosey soup. And, you know, takes it for breakfast and takes, um, what else again? You know, yam porridge <laughs> for, for lunch. And then dinner now moves on to fisherman soup and the same pound there. And then the person goes to the hospital and the doctor checks the person and says, uh, uh, whatever, whatever is high, you have to go off carbs. And then all of a sudden you see the person now not taking any carb at all. What has happened? Not the taste buds, is the understanding. You have understood your body that this is what not good and this is good. Automatically. That's why one of the shortest cuts, if you want to lose weight, you can plan with a doctor if it's possible to plan without knowing. And just go and see the doctor and the doctor will do an analysis and tell you, someone like me, I need a doctor. It's just that I don't listen to doctors. But if a doctor told me don't drink Milo again, don't eat pure bliss biscuit again, don't eat bread again, you'll see me, I'll be as slim as Pastor those are my problems. You see? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay? So understanding changes. It, it, it brings power to you without you knowing. All of, the reason you're doing what you're doing is that you've not really understood the implications. So Esther was okay. Esther thought this was a prosperity problem. Prosper Mordecai, Joe. Let him stop crying. The man's were highlights too much. That's how when I was living in his, in his house, if I take milk, you say, enough. When last did you take milk? Eh? Let Mordecai prosper. Let him stop. This is uh, this thing. And it's the same way some, of, some people look at serious preachers. I told you there are some preachers I listen to. If I give you their messages, you won't even finish the message. Because halfway through, you'll get angry. You understand? But the thing is this. If you understand what is at stake. I tell you the truth, you know, I, I realized when, when many years ago, I don't know, when did my mom die? When people die, you know, they, they, eh? 2004, thank you. It was a midweek service, and I was coming and they told me. I continued, I came, finished the service, and went home. Okay? And then traveled the next day. You know what? When someone has died, the person has died. Do you understand? When someone has died, the, the thing that matters is the life the person was living. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where death is a settlement. The person has either entered heaven or hell. Now, I'm trying to say that this, to say this. Child of God, as long as somebody is still yet to die, the person needs to walk in truth, needs to know truth. The greatest love I can love you is to keep you from going to hell. By the truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is understanding the issues of life. That's when people die, someone is crying. I don't cry. I cry when I see people living a way that if they die, 
That's when I cried to God and said, Lord, this person, open his eyes. I beg, Edger, save him. Save her. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the person has died, that's the next thing is, for those who wear shabby, they are shabby of the barrier, the place where they are going, the carpenter will make money, the events people will make money. When the person has died, it has become event. What matters is the truth. That's why when you come here, we're, we're speaking truth. And the unfortunate thing and the true thing is that everyone will die. You know, we, we gather as the living and we just push away the thought of dying. We just drive it away. But if you understand life, you know that today as we're here, we woke up. Some people who woke up with us are not alive today. Do you get it? That, that is reality of life. And that's why if you, if you understand that, if you have that understanding... Every time you see persons and people, you're so constrained to be in the... If you love the person, what is love? Love is interest. Love is not emotion. Okay, love for my wife, yes, emotion is there. But if I love my wife with only emotion and don't have interest, we won't be married today. Because that's the type of love the person will just be speaking, speaking, speaking. They won't help you with anything. They'll be telling you lies. They won't do anything in the house. That love is the type of love they show in movies. And the type of love that Michael Jackson says, I love you. I love you. Do you understand? The best, you come to the person's concert. You've paid all the money. The person has collected money. Say, is the money complete? Say, say, now nah, I love you. Then you are saying, hey, he loves me. That's not love now. For God so what? Love the word that he gave his only begotten son. Not to come and dance on the streets. To come and die. That's love. Love is interest. Do you understand? If you walk in my interest, you love me. If you're not walking in my interest, you don't love me. No matter what you tell me. In fact, most times what we call love is actually the height of wickedness. If somebody knows that you're in danger. The picture the Lord gave, the way the Lord showed it to me. Was that he said, you're approaching a bridge that has collapsed. And one man is by the road and he say, all of you people. See, now the way you're speeding. Better slow down or that bridge has collapsed. Yeah, yeah, man. Slow down, that bridge has collapsed. And then you're approaching. Another man sees you and say, hey, cool ride. What a good day to cruise. Keep riding. Who loves you? The one that said cool ride. The one that encouraged you. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. Love, I mean, I'm talking about Christian love. So, understanding, when you understand the things of life, there's, there's something it does to you. There's something, it just, it, you know, it, it kind of, it breaks you and then strengthens you at the same time. So, Mordecai was trying to tell Esther, there's something going on, Esther. So, he sent the message and said, go and explain it to her. Let her understand that I'm not, I'm not enjoying sackcloth. I'm wearing it because I'm wailing. I need divine help. Okay? And when the message got back to Esther, Esther said, Ah, you see now, I can't help you. Verse 11. It says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king, to the king, who has not been called, he has but one law word. Put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. He said, yet I myself have not been called to go into the king's these 30 days. Now, why did Esther give this response? Still a level of understanding. You know why? The message from Mordecai said, go and plead with the king for your people. Okay? So she said to Mordecai, I can't go and plead with the king for my people. If I go, me, I will die. I may die. Understand it. The message Mordecai sent back to her took her to a deeper understanding. The message Mordecai sent now said, no, these people I'm talking about, you are one of them. Are you getting what I'm talking? Understand it. So you, you look at life, something happens, you say, ah, hey. But when you begin to see that is where empathy and compassion comes in. When you begin to see that it's actually you. 
Praise the Lord. That, that's, you know, those things that they do on social media. Say, I am this, I am this. That's what he's talking about. Esther saw it and said, it's more dangerous for me to go to the king. I'm, I'm safe here where I am. It's dangerous, you know. And Mordecai now sent and said, I know it is dangerous, but you're already in danger. I get in it. That's what brought the turn around. Now, see the interesting thing that happened there. When Mordecai sent that message, verse 13, do not think in your heart, that was it, that you will escape. That's what she was thinking. By the Spirit of God. He said, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Vashti was removed. The king has not seen her since. If Esther needs to be removed because of her lineage, will the king weep? Or they just need to tell the king she's one of them. He say, ah, oh, sorry. That's what would have happened. So he said, do not think, which is exactly what you, she was thinking. Then 14 says, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom what, for such a time. as It was at this point that Esther got full understanding. I'm trying to say to you and I, child of God, that if we get full understanding of the issues at stake, we will be different. We will be different. I'm telling you the truth. We will be different. We will be different. At our interactive session on Saturday, somebody was asking the question. A born-again Christian is in, is in a, what was it? What was it called? In courtship or whatever it is, with an unbeliever. And then they're sleeping. What he will do? And they were calling the unbeliever. The girl is a murderer because that unbeliever you was sent to you to win to Christ. You don't understand what is at stake. The unbeliever came, was brought close to you, and you're supposed to bear witness to him that they are children of light, that this born again thing is not fake. And then you're calling him unbeliever. Ongeni. Do you understand? It's, these are things you factor in. It helps you. Because you, you don't know. You don't know who they sent you to. You're a deliverer. Jesus, our Lord Jesus, as the Father has sent me. Some of the people you're doing business with, when you go, they say, I said it, all of them are like that. All of them are like that. Do you know what you're carrying? You're carrying the name of the kingdom. You're an ambassador for Christ. Praise the Lord. It's not, it's, you know, somebody say, my, my family, we need this, my dad. The word of God is clear. The Bible says, he that comes to God must what? Believe that he is. And that he's what? A rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. Our brother shared a testimony today. I get connected. And I love such testimonies because they are principles of the kingdom. You know, his family was in the U.S., and there was something they should have done that he knew they shouldn't do. And he was reluctant and didn't want them to do it. So that they can get citizenship or whatever. But if they came back, he didn't have a job. So as a child of God, he stood and prayed. And in time, before it became critical, God provided a job for him. So he could ask the family, come back home. That is the way believers live their lives. There are some people that it won't be a second thought. Do you understand? That, that's the way we live. Te child of God, temptations will come as long as we're in this world. Praise the Lord. The Apostle Paul says, press down, but not forsaken. Or rather, persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Th that is what he's talking about. Don't you watch movies? How many of us watch action movies? How many action movies do you watch? And the star just goes. They send him from, uh, from Hong Kong. He just goes to New York and brings out the person. And then they're waving bye-bye to, to them. Have you ever seen any such? You won't watch it. You'll stop in midway. They will catch him, put him in prison. He will escape. That's, that's our life. Everything that is happening in this world. There is nothing that is in this world that is not taken either negatively or positively from the Bible. That Paul's Paul story... Jack, is it Jack Bauer? Eh? Jack Bauer is a joker when you compare it to Paul. Shipwrecked how many times? Stripes often, stoned many times. If they put Paul's story in a movie, there is nothing, no movie will compare to it. 
They stoned the man, checked him. They say he's dead. As they were leaving, the man crawled out. He got into a particular city. They were searching for him. They had to let him out through the window. The miracles he did did not blind the people who were pursuing. He had to run. Do you understand? What we've signed on to. Oh, (laughs) we will be tried. We'll be tested. But the beauty of it is that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He himself has said, I will never leave you. No, that's the saying. This one, no child of God. You're going through a situation now. You have no reason to compromise. God will come through. Praise the Lord. Behold, he what? He comes. Behold, he's coming. He's coming. Hold on. He's coming. He's coming. Child of God, God knows where you are. God knows what he experienced. He knows the choices that are before you. And sometimes, ah, I can bear with, sometimes, oh, his chariots may run like they're running very slow. Sometimes you wished he came 10 days ago. But you know what? He makes all things beautiful in his time. That's the God we serve. Praise the Lord. And then he encourages us. The Bible says, don't imagine that what you're going through, you're alone. He say your brother's. All over. For us that are Christians there, in Mima, how many of us know what has been going on in Mima? They are killing Christians also. Okay? So, you must, you know, guard your mind and get understanding of the way these things happen. So, anyway, in Esther, finally she understood and then you see her. Verse 16 says, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither it. You see, she has even taken it to a high level. So, the person you think is not gingin for Christ, his eyes hasn't been opened. When Esther's eye opened, she took the fast another level. He said, this one, no eating, no drinking. It's possible Mordecai was drinking juice. When Esther's message came back, he said, now, now, now we go fast. I see what, me go die, I like to be queen. Either queen or heaven. That's what happened. Her understanding changed. And that is what you have to pray. In uh, Colossians, Colossians 1.9, the Apostle Paul praying for the church. What is he praying? He said that we may come to the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's important. Praise the Lord. We don't, we don't grow in Christianity by road. We don't grow in by repetition. And that's the danger of the time we are in. You can say, I've been coming to church for 10 years. Coming to church for 10 years doesn't mean you've grown. If you don't desire to understand, if you don't thirst, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Somebody can be born again for six months and be on fire and have understanding. If you sit down to say, Lord, open my eyes. I want to behold wonderful things from your scripture. The Lord will minister to you. But you can just be repeating the acts. You can just be a churchgoer. You can, be, you can pick up the form and become a church worker. But in all of that, you don't even ask yourself, what are we doing? So when they ask you what is going on, you say, they said we should. What did they is They said we should. I'm going, they said we should. No, you should tell yourself, who am I? Praise the Lord. What happened to me? And that's a bit of the testimony I was trying to share with us on Sunday. I know that my trajectory was changed. And that, that makes the whole difference. It doesn't matter what I see in this journey. I know where I'm coming from. Praise the Lord. And my eye is set. I'm looking for the prize. The Bible talks about receiving the end of your faith. The salvation of your soul. The truth is that I received the end of the day I got born again. I received my, my prize. That I'm no longer going to hell. Nothing else remains. Everything now is jolly. Praise the Lord. Is as settled as that. I, I can't say to God without, you know, misrepresenting the fact. God has been marvelous to me. Do you understand? God is a good God. The truth is this. You don't know how good God is. You don't even know yet. And God will still yet be more good. He will be gooder. Do you understand? It's in his character. The Bible says he abounds in goodness. Do you understand? That is the God we serve. He abounds in goodness. Listen, when the Bible says there are some things that are so interesting, maybe the Holy Spirit will help me explain. When the Bible says God is good, okay, 
It means that everything God does is good. It means God can't but be good. You understand? It means in any situation, God is good. Now, however, you are a different entity. So you must be ready to receive his goodness. God so loved the world. If, he, if I were the one giving the world anything worthy, I will make sure, I will take a list. I say it's by registration. I will send the angels. Go to the earth and register those who will be born again. If, they, if I look at the number, it's not worth it. I'll say, nah. say, Jesus, sit down here. Are you getting the point I'm making? If as a man, I want to do something, I want to check, will you be worthy of this? But God didn't do that. He acts in faith as well. He distributes his goodness without withholding. The Bible says he gives liberally. Now the challenge is this, when that goodness comes out, Will you position to receive it? Can somebody say the Lord is good to me? I believe it. I believe it. And I'm experiencing it. And I will yet experience it. In the name of the Lord is good to you already. I don't even want to say he will be good. He's good already. Praise, and he will continue to be good. You know why? He's good. He can't do anything less. He causes his rain to fall even on the unjust. Kidnappers are there. Rain is falling for them. COVID is not killing them. Eh? Do you understand what I'm saying? He's good. If they repent, he forgives them. In fact, he wants them to repent. That's how good God is. And is it you that have run to him for salvation? That have put your trust in him that he will forsake? God can forsake you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So we get this understanding. We reconfigure our minds. And, you know, just help ourselves to look at things. I know what, part of what our challenge is, is that we, we live in a world where, like we started by, there's a war going on. If care is not taken, if you're what we may call um, a practical person, you, you might think that the wicked is winning this war. Now, the, the wicked, in a sense, you know, may be winning it. You know why? Because the devil is called the prince of this world. Like, I don't know if I've told you the story of the woman that was being so nice to her husband. And the her husband was not nice at all. The husband was a mean brute. But this woman was so nice. So after some time, people asked her, say, you know, sister, so why are you so nice to this brute man? And sister, the sister said, hey, you people don't understand. I'm a born again Christian. Very soon, if Jesus comes, I will go to heaven. This man, hmm, evil, he's not going to heaven. So let me make this earth the best heaven he can ever see. Do you understand? Evil, they have this. We can't compete with them in this world. Our champion, eh? our champion, the devil, the champion of the other side, came to him and said, Fall to me, fall down before me and worship me, and I will give you. Did he tell him, get away? He just said, I will not worship you. You shall serve only the Lord your God, and him only what? Shall you worship? He left him and continued. That's this world. If we fight for this world, we are going to be in trouble. The Bible says, do not love the world, nor the things that are in the world. If anyone loves this world, and the things that are in the world. He said the love of the Father is not in him. We don't fight. What we do with this world is we use it. Do you understand? We use it. We use this world. We don't contain. That's where, that's where we have been weakened. Let, let me tell you why. why. Let, quickly, let me just try and capture a few reasons why this is so important. The captain that we have is a captain of love. And we've said here, when God is something, the Bible says God is love. First John 4, 8. When God is love then God must always act in love. You know that. Everything he does has to be in love. Now, the captain of the other side is called the lawless one. You know what lawless means? If there is traffic, they will run one way. <laughs> you can understand that as a Nigerian, right? If Nepal costs light, they bypass. You that, how many of us here, they will cut your light. Or your Nepal recharge will finish. And you will be without light. Okay, until you go and buy light those days when we had to go and buy the people of this world, when they are recharging, they bypass. What are you talking about? You want them to miss my new match? The lawless 
have an express way to operate on. Those days in, in secondary school, sorry. Some students will beg a junior boy, federal does it, beg a junior boy, give me meal, give me meal. And the boy, you know, if, if a junior boy sometimes can be stingy, they'll refuse. You know, these people that they visiting, they reload them. Them is ending. The normal people will beg. When they refuse, they'll just go money. The bad ones will beg and smile. They know the locker. Prep time, quacker, carry. You see, the devil is a lawless one. So when he gets more results with his people here, don't worry yourself. He has no constraint. The only thing that constrains him is children of light in those circumstances. But aside from us, he can do anything. He's the lawless one. Praise the Lord. Let, let, let me give us the scripture, please. Second Thessalonians 2.8. He calls him the lawless one. Another one calls him the wicked one. He says, and the lawless one will be revealed. Imagine what it means to be lawless. It sounds a bit like this government. Lawless, doing anything they want, anyhow they want, whenever they want, appointing whoever they want. No respect for federal character, no respect for the diversity of the nation. That is it. Appointing unqualified people to positions. When you're lawless, it's as though you're powerful. The only thing is that someday judgment will come and people will be made to account. Okay, but our own captain is love. Our own captain is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, this might, there are some real life situations that might help you with this. And you're saying to your father, those, ah, but these people did it. He says, shut up. You can't do that. He's just a different kind of person. These people are different. So as long as we're here, the liar, the deceiver, the lawless one, his people will obtain things. They will ask you, and you tell them the whole truth. The people of this world, ah, Oluwole, they will bring. Okay? Where is the one in Abuja? Is it Gariki? Where the, the Oluwole version in Abuja? How many of us know what Oluwole, Oluwole is? Okay, some of us are to you. Oluwole is where the, every embassy is there, every bank is, every document you want, they produce for you. Do you understand? The devil is an Oluwole operating agent. He can produce anything. As long as he has, but your God will say, no, you don't qualify. Do you understand? Your God is like some of those parents that something happens, they say, go and report yourself to the teacher. The devil won't send you like that. Do you understand? That's why it's as though, that's why our way is called straight and narrow. That's why we don't make as much money. That's why it's some, the world is just not so, so convenient for us. We are constrained. The apostle Paul says the love of Christ also constrains us. Let me even come down to one that you people understand. You have mechanics and tailors. Okay? Pastor, the mechanic is doing your joro. You know. You can't even shout. Because you invited him to men under authority summit. And they came and they saw you in church. They know you're born again. So they know that they can do anything. You can't lose your temper. In fact, if you lose your temper, they can preach the gospel to you. A man of God must not strive. <laughs> you know? But the man from the world will come and slap him and seize his tools. Three days, the man doesn't work. He's begging him. But you, if you do that, the Holy Spirit will so flog your conscience. You can do it. So that's why they seem to have their way on this side. Praise the Lord. But our own God is love. They, they tell them, listen, we, we don't have a long time. They know they have a short time. The people of the world know. Their captain knows. In fact, the people don't know, but their captain knows. Revelation 12, 12. Let's see what he said. Revelation 12, 12. Thank you. He said, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath. Why? He said, because he knows that he has what? A short time. He has a short time. The captain of this world knows he has a short time. So he's pushing his people. He's pushing them. And the people are responding. Our own side, do you know what our own God has? Our own captain has. Let me show you. Isaiah 9, please, verse 6. If you have amplified, give us amplified. It's a popular passage, but let's see the amplified. It gives us an interest. Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for... For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The full amplified says, Father of Eternity. 
Everlasting Father. Means Father, source of eternity. So imagine where the God, the captain of your own team, has eternity. And then the captain of the other team has two hours. Are you seeing perspective now? Recently, um, there was a lady, a lady that passed on in Lagos, uh, Mommy Che's friend. She was 60. And they, they're almost concluding that the lady was an angel. Because the testimonies of her from almost everybody was unbelievable. You know, I mean, I didn't know her, but I believe because from every angle, family, church, work, everywhere, people were testifying. Wonderful testimonies. 60 years. Pretty lady. Educated. Now, let me tell you. No husband. No children. Hmm? God didn't fail her. He has eternity. It's very possible that if she had married, she wouldn't have those testimonies. It's very possible. I told you, it reminded me of that. That's why I mentioned that. It reminded me of the other lady I told us in Abuja that died some time ago. That the pastor said, uh, Reverend Koi said to me, ah, you don't know this lady. Say everybody in Abuja knows her. She's wonderful. I think she died about 50-something. She wasn't married. God has eternity. Listen, there's a marriage supper that is being prepared. And we're not guests. We are the bride. So why will you lose head over a man or a woman? Do you understand? That you'll be struggling for bathroom with. Come on, make her enter. Eh? <laughs> God. Your God has what? Eternity to show himself faithful. Father of eternity. The devil has a few moments. Don't allow yourself to be depressed because of what is happening in the devil's camp. Their time is fast running out. So the enemy, the captain of the other side, projects this present world, markets it to the people, fast and furious, get to the top, all of that, and then just with a little comment, uh, at the end of the day, you'll go to hell. It doesn't matter, but enjoy your life. What is there? You know, they put all the wonderful things. And interestingly now, some of his followers, I, I saw one, I, I read it someday, I tried to save it, but I think later I deleted it. There's a lady, I don't know, some of us may know her. And she seems to have a lot of followers. She says she's looking forward to her mansion in hell. And that she's taking her husband, you know, and she's going there. And I think she sells some product and a lot of people are, maybe you, some of us may know. I saw it, I was surprised. Those things used to be Oyibo people before. But this is a Nigerian lady. She says she's looking forward to her escapade in hell. Yes, that they're constructing her place in hell for her. Yes. So, so the, devil, the devil has his people. The bulk of them don't think hell. The only time they mention hell is in joke. To hell with you. And as they're saying it, nobody says to hell with him. They're acknowledging that hell is where they don't want to go. You know, the, the God, God has made this thing. The witnesses that we're going to hear in heaven or in judgment. He said, this thing is like heaven. When they, some, somebody says like heaven, what is he talking about? He says something good. Witnesses everywhere. But the, the devil minimizes it. Okay? And promotes the things of this world. So, so you hear things like, you only live once. Anybody that tells you that thing, say, and then after that judgment. Because once that statement comes, it's trying to tell you to compromise. You only live once. Life is too short. Enjoy it. And then every man will give an account. Those are things that the devil pushes. So they, they bring bribe in your office. And then, you know, the Spirit of God is trying to help. Your colleagues say, my friend, ah, enough of this thing. Life is too short, Joe. Ah, hey. <laughs> Whereas at the other side, the Spirit of God is saying to you, hold on, hold on, hold on. But the enemy is pushing it. And the picture reminds me of Esau. Esau said to the brother, I am hungry. Do you know hunger? I mean, not the one that kills him. But hunger, after some time, keeps quiet. Some, most of us, they are big men. But remember those days when you were in secondary school? Yeah? The hunger comes. It's as though you're going to die. After some time, four hours, your stomach has forgotten you didn't feed it. It becomes normal. It takes another cycle 
for the hunger to come again. That's what Esau sold his birthright for. Say, what is this to me? I beg, give me this too. And he ate it. And the thing about food is that, just like every other thing of this one, after you've eaten the food, maximum, like me now, the problem I have with brushing at night is that if I, don't, if I didn't eat good food, I can brush. I don't mind. But if I eat food that I enjoy, why would I go and brush it out? I want, I want the... <laughs> I hope children, children, please brush at night. If I eat food that I enjoy, I want the taste to be in my mouth as long as possible. Do I have anybody like me here? Uh-huh. You know, how can I finish eating soup that I enjoy? Then I'll go and use uh, my cleans or this and brush it out. I might as well eat my cleans. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. So the, the enemy pushes it. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 32, it says, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. That's the enemy. Those are things that are, and these things are coming into the church. Let us eat and drink. Tomorrow we die. No. Like we learned here, the truth is that we don't really die. We transit. Once we are born into this world, we exist for eternity. It's just where we existed. Let us eat and drink. 1 Corinthians 15, 32. For tomorrow we die. Paul was saying to them, why did I fight beast? Why did I go through all the things I went through? If there is nothing to this thing. But that's what the world paints. That's the world paints. You know, what in this world is what going to hell for? What in this world is what going to hell for? Sleeping in and some young ladies here. Someone says it's going to take you to uh, to our Kapuku and put you. You people are going to stay in seven star hotel. Any hotel you stay in, a day is going to come. You will check out. Do you understand? Any hotel, no matter how beautiful it is, a day is going to come eh, that you pack your bag and the hotel will be behind you. You start leaving. Eh, and you leave. And the memory of that hotel cannot wipe away your face me, I face you when you return. So why will you compromise? He said, it's going to take me places. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas on our own side, you know what our captain tells us? Our captain speaks to us from 2 Peter 3. Please put it on the screen for me. 2 Peter 3 from verse 10 to 13. We can do message. So we message. Thank you. Say, but when the day of God's judgment does come, it will be unannounced like a thief. The sky will collapse with a thunderous bang. Everything disintegrating into a huge conflagration. Earth and all his work exposed to the scrutiny of judgment. He says, since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? That's what our captain tells us. So you're competing with people like this. This is what your captain is telling you. The other captain is saying, eat. Tomorrow you die. Enjoy it. We can't compete with them. We can't envy them. Now, when the dangerous part now is when people now mix Christianity with this principle. Where when you go to church, all you hear is about the things of this world. Whereas the Bible has made it clear. Let me just run. Let me forcefully round up. The Bible has made it clear. It said, your heavenly father knows that what? You have need of these things. Is that clear? Praise the Lord. Okay, everybody, just, just uh, readjust yourself. Let me get the attention now. Every earthly need, let me break it down. Every earthly need that you have, somebody needs financial provision. It's a genuine need. Somebody is lonely. It's a genuine need. Somebody needs whatever it is. It's a genuine need. Now, this is what your father says. Matthew 6, 31 down. It says, your heavenly father, what? Is already in the know. Now, this is what he counsels you to do. He said, but what? What should you do? Seek first what? His kingdom and his righteousness. And what will happen? And the things he knows you need. The things he already knew you need. What will happen? He will add it. He's not in the business of denying you. He wants to add it. 
He doesn't want you to pursue it. You know why he doesn't want you to pursue it? It says, after all these things, the Gentiles are what? Pursuing. I've had friends who own the gas stations. And those days, when there's first scarcity, you know what they'll tell me? They say, come in the night when we're not selling fuel. You know what? When they're selling fuel, what is happening? This is clogged up. So your heavenly father says, the Gentiles are pressing on these things. Don't run the way they're running. I will bring it to you. Let's rise on our feet. I want you to just say to him, thank you. He's a father. He, he, he's, he's such a beautiful. He's such a wonderful father. He's such a wonderful savior. He's such a wonderful God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's what he's, that's what he's saying to you. He's saying, I'm your father. Then we are saying to him, what a father we have in you as a church. What a father I have in you. I want you to lose sight of everybody who is here with you. I want you to go to your father now. Jesus, 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 I want you to now take time. That's what he said you should do. You can kneel down, you can sit down and just talk to him as father. Tell him, I see, I see. I want you to put trust in him. I want you to put your weight on him. I want you to cast your cares and burdens. He said, he said, cast your cares and burdens unto me. He said, for I, I care. That's the thing. He says, I care, I care. The devil doesn't care for his people. But your God cares for you. Our Lord Jesus cares for us. He said to tell you, I care for you. I care for you. You have someone who loves you. You're not an orphan. You're not lost. You're not abandoned. You're not forsaken. He said, I hear you. He's available. He says, I'm with you. I am on your side. He said, do not, do not imagine you're on that journey alone. Do not think you're in that experience alone. I see where you are. I'm mindful of you. He says, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. He said, I know you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. I love you. That's what the father said to tell. He said, I love you. I love you. I love you. He said to tell you that if we earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, he said, how much more, how much more shall our heavenly father the one who is good, infinitely good. How much more shall he give good things to those who ask? He will give you. But he said, keep your attention on me. Put your focus on me. He's a miracle working God. He's mighty. He's almighty. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. Beyond what you know about that situation. God says to tell you, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. Daughter of Zion, he says, I know, I know. I see it, I heard it. Yes, he's saying to someone, I heard it. I heard the message. I saw it. I, I am aware. But he's telling you, I'm your father. I'm your father. I'm able. I'm more than able. To accomplish everything that concerns you. My word has never failed. I will never forsake you. You will never be tempted. You will never be exposed. To situations you can't 
that have not made a way for you. I love you. I love you. I'm committed to you. I'm invested in you. I've given you my spirit. How much more shall our heavenly father give his Holy Spirit? Lord, tonight I thank you. You are my father. As you conclude that prayer, tell him you are my father. 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 You are good. You are almighty. You are reliable. You are dependable. You are faithful. You are beautiful. I love you. I love you. I worship you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a song that says, You are my father. My father. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Just thank him. Just thank him. You can, your prayer can end with thanksgiving. Just thank him. That's who he is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.